0: What well, did you hear that Devin Booker had a plus minus of like 37 last night? He had 48 points and 11 assists and 10 of 10 from the free throw line. And if you haven't got the message that you're shooting, percentages are incredibly exclusive for a player of his usage rating. I'll continue conversating while the Suns are escalating. One day they'll be jumping on that podium and celebrating. So the
1: panel guys love to analyze the Suns. So the panel guys, love to analyze the suns. Alright, we appreciate you watching or listening to this episode of the Sun Solar Panel Podcast and or YouTube show. My name is Sim Tompkins. On the show today, we have Mr. Dave King, managing editor of Bright Side of the Sun. Greg Esposito, uh, formerly ran... <laughs> the phoenix suns uh social media in oh, the background is a Renaissance can... man. <laughs> uh in the background you can hear uh my three-year-old uh, blowing a whistle apparently so hi guys oh okay i thought Hello. that was coming out of something else
2: Wow, that's that's me when I think of Ben Golliver and a few of the other national writers. It's just that that's a hissing sound coming out of my head. You
0: were told not to segue. I did not. I I'm did not segue. Out of your mouth, not I to did,
2: segue. I did not segue. I oh just, my god! I did not mention <laughs> the name we're not supposed to mention at the beginning of the show. I just mentioned a national <laughs> right. writer. Right? We'll just do a quick
0: teaser. We are no, going to spend some no, time on that. We, <laughs> we can just make it a
1: teaser. All right, we're going to right. talk about Devin Booker. We aren't talking about Devin Booker right now. Uh, this what is the- super important, <laughs> though. Okay, You brought a name up. This is super important. We've got a lot of messages from listeners telling us, you know what? You guys are no longer on Spotify. Here's the thing. Yes, we are. If you want to listen to us on Spotify, this is what you need to do. You need to go search for the Sun Solar Panel on Spotify again. You're going to see it three times for some reason. Three times. Uh, one of them updates. So just follow that one. We can't, we can't, can
0: you tell which one updates? Are we just having them play Russian roulette?
1: No one updates and the others don't. So it's not like they randomly update. There's one of those feeds works. So if you're subscribed to us on podcast on Spotify and it's not, um, it's not refreshing for the new episodes, it's because you you've subscribed to the wrong sun solar panel feed. That's how you can get it. Sorry, folks. we don't we
0: really, yeah, technology sucks. We really don't want to mess you up like that. Hopefully, you guys will find the right feed.
1: Yeah, uh, it's it's a real pain in the ass, but we're trying everything to fix it, and it's just much more difficult than we thought can it I, would be.
2: Can I ask one question?
1: Hmm.
2: If they have the wrong one, how are they listening to this to hear you tell them? To <laughs> last, to
1: last one? Well, they're, they're probably subscribed on more than one. Like, you know, you can listen on Apple Podcasts. You could hit us up on, um, on Bright Side of the Sun. There's they, a lot of different
0: ways. Right through our website, com the greatest sun site in the history just, of sunsets
2: You just gave the wrong web address to your own website. You said the bright side of the sun.com. And I'm pretty sure you can't get there if you put a the in.
0: Well, nobody actually types in a, a web address on their, on their <laughs> browser. They go to Google and they just stick it in and it would find the right site.
2: <laughs> gotta, gotta love. Dave can't even plug himself. Right. Where Ask you your Dave? smart. Ask your
0: smart thingy and say find bright side of the sun. It will find it.
1: Uh, uh, it reminds me of these terrible commercials uh, on a separate podcasting network. Listen, so we are in March Madness right now. Uh, I've Gotta be perfectly honest with you, I'm not a big college guy. I did go some March Madness games, but I just I don't follow all that college. But I know that Dave and Greg have been glued to March Madness, watching every second of R.J. Barrett of Zion Williamson. And they have seen every play, they have broken it down, they've gone back, they've watched the highlights, they have broken down the game reel. So I do want to spend a little bit of time on that. And so (laughs) I want to start this off with a question. I'll tell
0: you what, I've been watching a lot of March Madness, but because there's multiple games on at the same time, it is not possible to watch every second because I also have a life.
2: Well, that's debatable.
0: I, (laughs) good, good, good point.
1: I have a job and I have a sleep schedule. So those, that's my life. right. Well, I do have a question. So I want to throw this out to you guys. Would you trade or would the sun's trade? I should say their unprotected pick right now before finding out what slot it is for an NBA all-star from 2019. Now this is, Oh, you know
0: what? Sorry, sorry, Tim, Tim, Tim. It's just occurring to me that you sound like you're in a tunnel.
1: Oh, well, hey, thank you very much. I will uh, fix that after I ask you guys a question. All right, so um, would you trade, or would the Suns trade uh, their pick right now for an NBA All-Star from 2019? If you need me to read the list of All-Stars, happy to do so. Otherwise, what do you think?
0: I'll go first. I think you definitely trade it. Uh, There's only a 14% chance at Zion. Williamson, that means there's an 86% chance of getting a player who may not pan out. This this draft is actually being uh, talked about by the draft folks that I choose to hate if they don't like my players and love if they like my players, Um, but it's being touted as the worst draft since 2016 and 2013, Um, although Zion Williamson himself is being touted as potentially uh, the best draft picks uh, since 2012, Anthony Davis. Um, so there, you have a 14% chance of getting a great draft pick and an 86% chance of getting another Dragon Bender.
2: I so would trade. You want me to go full Sean Kemp and go unprotected on this, huh? <laughs> uh,
1: but not with you with the Suns. You know that, that that's the important distinction because we don't run the Suns. Who cares what we would do? Do you think the Suns would do it?
2: Well, okay, uh, but I'm I'm thinking about this and. Maybe two weeks ago, I would have been more inclined to, but after what Ja Morant did in the tournament and, and impressed and, and caught more attention than than I expected him to, I might be a little more hesitant than I was you're so I reactive
0: was to shiny
1: stars. I am. Oh.
2: I am, but you need a point guard, right? Now, I'm yeah. usually against trying to get a young point guard, a rookie point guard like that, because usually you're – two years before he's really ready to lead uh, an offense the, the way you need him to uh, in terms of that. But I don't know the way he looked. I'd be really hesitant. It depend on who the all-star is. All because... right, so
1: here I have a list of all-star point guards. You tell me if you would trade, if, the, if you or the Suns would trade the pick right now unprotected for any of these all-star point guards that we're in again, 2019 all-star. Uh, would you do it for Kyrie Irving? Yes. Nope. No, no, I wouldn't do it for Kyrie Irving either. That guy is, uh, uh, he is uh, what? What's the, the term? Like as flimsy Look, as the wind, or something. His like part that. of the
2: world is flat. It's okay. Right. Uh, he's, okay. he's disgruntled. I think is the word. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> the word I'd use. Off his rocker
1: like, a little bit, yes. But he's yeah. an incredible player. Okay, nope. I wouldn't what do. You do? do would you? Would you or the Suns trade it for Steph Curry? Oh, in yes. a heartbeat. Right. I'd
2: trade my mother for Steph Curry. But the Warriors right? ain't trading him <laughs> even mom.
1: for the number one overall pick, so that doesn't matter. Uh, would you or the Suns do it for Kimba Walker? No. Mm. Plus, you're not going to have an opportunity. He's going to be a free the agent. The problem
2: with Kemba,
0: yeah, if you could, though. Uh, but the problem with Kemba is that he is a free agent. He's going to require... 30 plus million dollars a year on average across this contract. Um it's just no, I don't think I'd do that. Okay. He's a
2: slightly better Eric Bledsoe
1: and I love oh, Bled but I still lot. I wouldn't trade him <laughs> he's a lot better than Eric Bledsoe. Kimba Walker's a stud. Um all right, would you or the Suns do it for Russell Westbrook?
0: I would. Russell has has proven that he can carry a team of lesser talent in his prime and he's still in his prime for the next 3 or 4 years for sure.
2: Yeah, I, I think I would do it in a, in a pretty quick heartbeat for, uh, for Russell. Kyle Lowry? No. Nope. no,
1: And nope. last Two. but not least, D'Angelo Russell. If I knew it was going to be third, yes. Well, you don't, though. <laughs> I know. I really That's what I'm saying. I though.
2: really don't think I
0: would do that because D'Angelo Russell still has some issues with his game. He's not going to—I mean, him and Booker would give up 600 points a night. It would be crazy, and a lot of his game is predicated on him making jumpers, just like Booker. so if you've got both guys predicated on making jumpers if they go through slumps then then your your offense is totally toast.
2: If I felt pretty good that uh that the league was hell bent on getting Zion to New York and I didn't fully believe in Ja Morant, there's two benefits to d'Angelo Russell: he's a billion times better than anybody you have on the roster playing point guard. And he and Devin Booker are are close, which means you're going to avoid the is Booker ever going to want out of Phoenix? So I think those two things would be enough. If I didn't think if I didn't feel confident it was going to wind up number one, I would make that
1: deal. So that's uh, when you're looking at it from the Sun's perspective, if you were going to trade this pick unprotected, you would be requiring an all star, the all stars that. They would definitely trade for those teams. Ain't trading, they ain't trading Russell Westbrook, they aren't trading Steph well, Curry. Kimball Walker's a, a free agent anyway, and he's not coming to Phoenix. Okay,
0: so that's that's current all star at point guard. Sure, what about let me just throw this out? I want to hear you guys' answers. What about, um, and I know he's a free agent, so it's not technically possible, but what about Malcolm Brogdon?
2: No, I would not trade the potential number one pick for Malcolm Brogdon. But would Not you trade the, Would years. you
0: trade? Would you trade number one protected? So protected no. only for one? No,
2: no, no. You know who I I consider uh, trading it for non non point guard? Aaron Gordon. Ooh, 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 ooh. I would consider ooh. I would consider top one protected, one protected for a- yeah. Aaron Gordon because you need a power forward. He has a unique skill set. I think he could play alongside. Uh, I would do that. I think I would, that's the kind
0: of what about you know you're in Orlando Tim so tell us what you know and what'd you do that trade
1: uh, well I'm not in Orlando I'm in Florida uh, same difference it's the same difference <laughs> you're right Orlando's the place. state Florida's the yeah. city right I live in I live in, <laughs> <laughs> I live in St. Augustine Florida the oldest uh city in the United States uh, how far eight. away from Orlando are you uh, about three hours
2: he lives yeah. in America's penis. That's all you need yeah. to know. And that's yeah. uh, okay. So
1: having watched a lot of Aaron Gordon, he's very good. He's also very inconsistent. He's the type of player that goes on uh, long sh- or, or uh, well short streaks of being really productive. So he'll, he'll have a really productive good shooting streak for about a week and a half. And then he'll kind of disappear for three weeks. And then he'll come mm-hmm. back and he'll play really strong. And then he'll kind of disappear for three weeks. And that's sort of what you're getting out of him i mean he's not a bad prospect he's not a bad player but it is difficult to fathom trading the third overall pick for an aaron gordon i just think you can get more value out of it than, well, than an okay aaron gordon. let's
0: do that with cj mccollum yeah Ooh. yeah would- i
2: would do that for cj mccollum the top one protected yep i would do zion protected for for McCollum. zion protected that's right uh, <laughs> Let's, if you
0: could name protect a pick, that would be awesome, wouldn't it? Uh,
2: yeah, I honestly though, Aaron Gordon has had to be number Mister Number One option in Orlando. Here he could to be number uh, the number Buc- three Buc- option.
0: Buc- Buc- has been the number okay. one.
2: Okay, one one B in Orlando, you know and. Uh, Here he could be he could be the third option, which probably makes it a little bit more palatable in in the fact that sometimes he's inconsistent because he's not going to have to carry as much of a load. And if you start to look at that, and you add a point guard in there, a veteran point guard doesn't have to be a star, but actually somebody who could play the game, you know, uh, th- then you got you got something interesting that that's brewing there. Because but he but he can't whole. really
0: carry a team though. I mean, he lost to the old guys in the Uncle Drew movie. Yeah. <laughs>
2: But do you really need somebody? Uh, <laughs> I you're acting as if I watched the Uncle Drew movie, and uh, I think you're like one it was of those people. Ill, that I actually kid. did. <laughs> but uh, you know, when you look at it, I, I'm not sure you need to in every position you're filling get the number one star. You need guys that can help support Devin Book and, Booker and DeAndre Ayton. They can play with Kelly Oubre. Uh, if uh, he better be part of your future. I'm done acting as if. If he's part of, he better be part of your future. So like you don't need, you don't need the star. You need guys that are very good that can, build around the rest of this roster. And I think Aaron Gordon's the kind of guy that is a billion times better than what you've been playing at power forward that has tons of potential, that's athletic, that that can go in there and makes you better immediately. I would certainly consider Zion protected for that.
1: I would do TJ Warren and a top five protected pick that would move on to future years if it didn't convey this year. Uh, I agree with you. Aaron Gordon's great. I just think that that's too much. Give up for Aaron Gordon, and I At agree this, with you. Those are the types of players that you need to put around Booker. Right. At
2: this point, you have to take chances. You you have well, to you take have chance. to you
0: have to take chances with mid career guys. Now I'm tired of taking chances with draft picks. Zion Williamson is the only for in my mind for sure draft pick that that is out there, and uh, I would take him in a second. And the Suns I think would be very competitive next year just with having him. Any other draft pick, I trade
2: it. Uh, I wholeheartedly well, I can't say wholeheartedly. I'd have to think I know twice it depends on what you get ja, back. About John ja Morant. But.
0: but if it's your top two or three player uh next year and the age twenty five to thirty and they're um they're gonna be on the team for years, I would definitely trade that for any pick other than Zion Williamson.
2: Hey, and if if we uh, if the Suns hire Kevin McHale soon, he can start discussing uh, contracts with free oh. agents like two days later. Like what he, was it, what was he doesn't
1: care about yeah. any any restrictions. The, the so. team that came out saying that they were looking for a new GM, and I'm blanking on who it was right now, but they were interviewing um, really the Pelican. the Pelicans, the Pelicans, really successful. Uh, it's taking uh talent from really successful number two organizations, guys right? In really and then good you franchises, look at, so. then you look at who the Suns are looking at. Uh, and it's just like, come on, guys, hey, come on. don't the worry, the Suns this... are
0: looking at dudes that just hang around the arena, right?
1: Hey, don't, don't worry, the Suns will take a
2: number two in this uh, in this hiring yeah. process. <laughs> uh, didn't.
0: <laughs>
1: So we do want to thank a listener right now and really everybody that has decided to support the podcast, the show. So if you're watching on YouTube or if you're listening on your podcast app in the show notes below, uh, there's a little button that says support this podcast. You can do a one, a $5 or a $10 option. If you do a $10 option, I will send you some sun swag. I sent some out last week. Uh, This week, I do want to thank Nicholas Cabrera uh, for supporting the podcast. It's really does go a long way we appreciate it we put a lot of work into it and we're very happy that you find enough value out of it to uh even do the one dollar option
2: nicholas you the man now dog we appreciate you yeah thank you so much
1: also i'd be able to buy a taco next month thank you i do want to uh give a little bit of a shout out to, to everybody that did the sun solar panel fantasy league uh it's pretty much wrapped up just to give some context, I ended up coming in third in the league. I lost in the first round of the playoffs. Greg, he came in eleventh out of twelve. It, mm. it, it, I think that's
2: up. I think that's up one spot from last that's, year. Hey so. man, hey. that's like
1: Phoenix Suns. Yes. Hey, I think he went uh fifty-five and one hundred twenty-four. Hey, hey, I, mean, hey, I how, like that win percentage.
0: Did you forget to update your lineup for you know people being out?
2: Every time after the second week of the season because my life got busy. So uh,
1: I'm that guy. I do want to congratulate uh, the two uh, the two finalists, Jeff Manth and Justin Nine. It does look like Jeff is going to pull out the win. I just went and checked. There's still two days left in the fantasy. Um, but congratulations to you guys for a successful season. And anybody that wants to do the fantasy league with us next year, just uh, keep listening to the podcast, and we will shout that out. Now. Man, I I wish
2: my fantasies last mo- lasted multiple days. That's nice. Two days left in the fantasy, huh?
0: You need to settle into your reality, Greg, and, and master that first. It's,
2: this this is my fantasy here, gentlemen. Uh, my reality. I'm living out my fantasy outside by that
1: door. The with my best buddies. <laughs> okay, so this is important. <laughs> Devin Booker, shut up. Fool. <laughs> Devin Booker over uh, the last 11 games has been incredibly incredibly efficient, incredibly successful. We all know he had uh, a string of 250 plus point games, uh, one on the road, another one at home. Uh, there was a lot of national media attention. And now Dave was so kind as to send me uh, Ben Golliver's remarks on Devin Booker and I want to play those on the show so that we can get our reaction.
3: The way that the Suns are conducting themselves in these games, it's atrocious. And I think Devin Booker is already too old for this nonsense. I kind of got it when he was twenty years old, stat padding, chasing seventy points against the Boston Celtics. Okay, you're still young. Earl Watson's, you know, not like the most legitimate, long-standing head coach. So of course he's going to chase it. Devin Booker's been in the league right. for years. They're putting him back into a game that they're down 30 points. They're intentionally fouling to get him the ball back against the Utah Jazz. They're encouraging him to go (laughs) one-on-three against triple teams to jack up these contested shots just to chase his number. And why are they doing it? Because they want all those tweets to go out from the Suns' account saying, Devin Booker, 59! they want all these tweets
2: coming out from guys like me (laughs) who track these historic landmarks
3: and saying, Wow, he's the youngest player to do this many points or in back-to-back games. I'm sure you saw that clip the other day where he's telling a fan, I'm going for 50, and and that goes viral. How about go for a win? How about go for one stop at any point of your career? How about try to do that? How about you tell a fan you're going to lock down on defense and and try to hold a team under 120 points? And look, I watched the Washington Wizards in person earlier this week. They made the Lakers look like the Warriors. The Wizards are on the second night of a back-to-back. They go head-to-head against the Suns in Phoenix. Booker goes for 50. They still can't beat the Wizards. And, look, I understand they've got nothing else to play for down there. But I think, Igor, man, don't let this define you just like it defined Earl Watson. Don't be that guy. You know, you can be better than this in the NBA. You don't have to just kind of be a caddy for Devin Booker scoring explosions. Just treat yourself with a little bit more respect. Treat the game with a little bit more respect. I was very impressed, by the way, that Quinn Snyder even shook his hand after that game. That's how embarrassing it was from the Phoenix Suns. And that's the end of my Devin Uh Booker Super Bloom
2: analogy. Oh, thank God that's the end of his analogy. Give me a freaking break. Who who gave the uh, – okay. Ben Golliver, how about you do a monicum of research before you go on what is basically a verbal diarrhea rant, all right? Uh, A... Quinn Snyder and Igor kokoshkov are extremely good friends. Quinn Snyder gave Igor his very first job uh, almost 20 years ago. Of course they were going to shake hands after this game, you moron. And then you know, he goes on yes, this. Every, uh, every uh, pair of
0: coaches shake it, shakes hands uh, after a game.
2: Yeah, like, and, and then he's talking about this Wizards game as if Devin Booker was, uh, was trying to just jack up shots when actually in the final two minutes when that was a close game, Devin Booker was facilitating for his team. As well. Oh, and by the way, that fan that he was talking to on the sidelines—do a little research there too. He was talking to his brother, and the cameras happened to catch him uh, making what I assume was probably him was joking around with his brother. after the game, it, that was. it was his brother. And Devin Booker actually tweeted it too, so it wasn't that damn hard to find it, even if you don't pay attention to the suns it would have been one google search for either of those facts but that's not convenient in your narrative now is it ben Golliver? when you want to just rip on the suns all right and this organization is easy to rip on if you want to look at it okay it's not that hard to find things to genuinely get angry with this with this organization about but you don't have to manufacture something to do it right and everybody's on devin booker mm. for lo- for losing two games when scoring 50 plus points you know who did it last in back-to-back games James Harden, in a year he finished second in MVP. Did you hear anybody bitching and moaning about that? No, you did not, all right? You know who else tra- chases stats? Russell Westbrook did in that year that he wanted to wanted to uh, average a triple-double for the year. Did you hear anybody complaining then? No, you really didn't, all right? You guys are looking for a convenient clickbait headline and things to get people to, to upset because they're not <clears throat> really watching this team. Stephen A. Smith pulled crap like this this week as well. A lot of national writers. I think it's Andrew Sharp at SI had a whole piece about how Devin Booker's not really that good and stopped trying to project him to be good. And then he, he did a weird thing where he's like, he's really Kyrie Irving. Well, oh, God forbid, I'd hate to have have a guy play, be as good as Kyrie Irving. He sucks then, if that's the fact. You know, the the Suns, the Suns show a graphic about the, the seven guys to to ever score 50 in back-to-back games. And it's it's Michael Jordan, Wilt Chamberlain, uh, James Harden, all these huge names, Kobe Bryant. And then Antoine Jameson's there. And everybody, of course, goes, oh, yeah, he's the next Antoine Jameson why do we have to discredit this kid? His hard work is amazing scoring ability, The fact that he was doing it efficiently, it wasn't like he jacked up 80 shots in each of these games to get here. And yeah, should he have come back in the game? Maybe not against Utah. I get it that you're blown up. But right now, what do these guys have to look for? Well, what do these guys have to enjoy? It's Devin Booker <coughs> and, and the Washington generals around him basically right now. Uh, who else, who else is supposed to do anything? I have absolutely, Absolutely no problem with Devin Booker playing good basketball and trying to entertain a fan base that hasn't seen fun in forever.
0: All right. So let's talk about Ben Gulliver just a little bit. Uh, ben, this Ben Gulliver has uh, originally was a Blazers edge writer and he got national uh, recognition for himself and then, and got himself onto the national scene with CBS sports, I believe originally. And then now SI um, and uh, he, he, he has been riding on on Devin Booker's ass for years now. Um, before the season started in September, Gulliver um, uh, wrote a, a preview for a top 100 listing for um, NBA players, and he really shit all over Devin Booker then too. <clears throat> and he, he made some comments that, uh, let's see, I put for this player, if Devin Booker played one-on-one against himself, the game would never end because he'd never get a stop. That's basically where he's at. The guy plays with freshman basketball level intensity or JV level intensity on the defensive end, and that's fine if your team is blowing other teams out by 20 points. But when you're taking 40-point losses, forget about it. Um, I don't think people watch Suns games, he says, as if he does. Um, If it's Suns fans who are mad, I get that because you have nothing else to cheer about if you're a Suns fan. Yeah, sure. Okay. That's fine, Ben Golliver. You can have that opinion, but you, you've you been shitting all over Devin Booker for a year now. I reached out to Gulliver um, in September after he wrote this preview, and he politely declined saying his family was going on vacation for a couple of days, and then he never got back to me. Uh, I tried to get him on this podcast. Then I reached out to him yesterday and asked Ben to see if he would come on our podcast, and he said, no, I'm gonna stand by my comments. Devin Booker reached out to me personally and we had and we and we hashed it out. And then I said, Well, what did Booker say? And he said, I'm gonna keep that just between me and Booker. Um Devin, so he's Devin Booker
2: probably told him to go screw himself. That's probably sure what the conversation did. was.
0: I'm sure he did. And so Golliver isn't willing to go on radio shows and, and, and pods to talk about his opinions with people who would actually question those opinions. Oh
1: hold on. I, hold I actually on. Have, I have more respect. I have a counter to that. He did go on the Dunked On Pod with a uh, Nate Duncan and oh, Danny oh, Larue after releasing uh, that top 100 list.
0: Yeah, I have more respect for Nate Duncan than I do for Ben Golliver. By the way, because Nate Duncan was actually willing to come on our pod and take our punches, and he he handled them as well as he could, and we handled it as well as we could. And I, I had a lot of respect for him then. Ben Golliver has now twice said no for coming on. Just a simple little son's podcast. Where if anyone listens to us, they know, uh, yeah, we're fans, but we're also going to be respectful and fair, and you're not going to get torn apart on a podcast like this. So I, I, I have no respect for Ben Goliver if he isn't willing to go and back up his comments in a not sa- not so safe space as his own podcast where he gets to just rant.
2: You know what I also find find interesting is I was I I went down a rabbit hole the after the Wizards game when Booker dropped 50 and I was looking at things that like guys who have had losses in 50 and when scoring 50 points or more right Will Chamberlain did it 37 times in his career 37 times he lost when he had 50 plus points like and people still think he's one of the greatest players of all time like put some context around this stuff look at what Devin Booker's doing and how You know, this wasn't the 70 point game where where he wasn't necessarily efficient and they were doing all sorts of shady things to get him points like both of these games. He was efficient. He was playing good basketball. That that quote unquote
0: intentional foul was committed by Jimmer Fredette, who followed up that with a shot of his own. Devin Booker didn't even get a shot on that quote unquote stupid foul.
2: And Jimmer Ferdet went one for ten in like what felt like the final three minutes of the game. It wasn't like he was helping facilitate For for Devin Booker in those situations. Booker even
0: set him up for two of those shots.
2: Yeah, but but you know, why would we why would we have context when you can see a a box score and actually just go on a rant without knowing what really happened?
0: That's the problem. These guys saw fifty-nine and thirty-three, and that's all they needed to see. Two numbers. Booker scored fifty-nine and a thirty-three-point loss. However, Booker was only a minus thirteen in that in forty-one minutes, which it, it's obviously bad, but that's not as bad as the minus 20. The rest of his team was in the seven minutes that he didn't play.
1: Right. And I mean, then that, a, against that the uh, that against makes, the that makes you a positive seven or something on the on the court. Right. And that the plus seven.
0: Right. And then and then in the next game, he was actually on the scoreboard a plus eight, I believe, in that loss um, where they lost by three to the Wizards.
2: Well, and then uh, did you hear Stephen Jackson's rant on the jump? about Devin Booker. He rips rips Booker. Uh, this was following I heard I think it was following
3: the, the 50 game. point
2: game, but he was talking about uh the Utah game and he was, "Yeah, well, Deandre Ayton had 30 in it too." So he could he didn't even know that what actually happened. He didn't know that Deandre Ayton had 9 points. Nobody else had double figures in that game. Like they couldn't even look at the box score right and do research. Mm. That's what's driving mm. me nuts about this. Stay in your lane, at least watch highlights and understand something, put some context around it. Take five seconds to research any of the things that you're looking at. And we're not perfect here. I say stupid stuff all the time. I don't deny that. But if if I screw up, you know what? I pay up. I admit it. I come on here and say, oops. I didn't know that I got it wrong or oops, I lost that bet. I'm going to dress like Jonah Hill and look like a moron on the Internet. I do those things. But <laughs> you know what? Great. Uh, some of these other flamethrowers don't do that crap because they, you got to have humility to be able to do that and admit you're wrong.
1: So I do. I do. There were more. There's There was more than one person talking about the sun. So I do want to give some credit where credit is due to a couple of other uh, national <clears> writers, <throat> pundits, whatever you want to call them. Uh, Zach Lowe on Devin Booker As I've said many times before Including last week I am a Booker optimist He is not a losing player He's a stud on offense And he's going to be a star Once the Suns put a real team around him uh, Jalen Rose Devin Booker is NBA's best player Who isn't an all-star Or on an all-NBA team
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there are some positive takes, but there uh what's what's more fun for these guys is to have a negative take based on no research just because there is a running commentary. So, and there is, there is a legitimate running commentary that Devin Booker has not carried his team to more to more wins than you would otherwise expect. And if you go back through NBA history, there is almost no precedent for how bad this Suns team has been around a scorer and distributor the likes of Devin Booker. There's almost there's been no case in history. Now we can make all the excuses we want to make. We can say terrible coach. He's had four coaches in four years. We can say that uh, the team has been terrible around him. They've gone totally young. They've they've had disgruntled uh, mid career veterans. They've had all these things go against them. They've had injuries, which they have every year. Um, I don't think T.J. Warren's played over sixty games in a year. Um, so they, they they, all these things have conspired to make the Suns bad for four straight years with Devin Booker as, um, as uh, the last three of which he's been the primary scorer. There's been almost no case in the entire NBA history that matches this this uh, um, year after year after year of ineptitude. So the question has to be, is it the organization? Is it Booker? Or is it just the teammates around him haven't lived up to their potential, you know, what they were supposed to be uh, when they were put on the team?
2: Well, blaming Devin Booker is like blaming a child for his parents getting divorced. All right. Because... It's always
0: the p- kids' fault. Sorry, kids. Oh,
2: yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I have no experience. So I defer to those <laughs> I love with the, experience. Oh, uh, um, uh, <laughs> the,
0: the Royal Tenenbaums. Any of you guys see that movie? Mm hmm.
2: It, okay thank you so for revealing this point I appreciate Gene it. Go Hack- on the role in Steve
0: Hackman played a, uh, a really bad um, dad from a from a divorced marriage and, and um, uh, one of the the kids he sat the adult kids around a table at one point he wanted to come back in their lives it turned out just to just to take more money from them and um, the one of the girl one of the kids asked dad are we the problem are we the reason you guys got divorced and he just kind of paused looks at him he goes well it didn't help.
2: <laughs> Gwyneth Palcho uh, was yep. one of the kids, right? And, uh, um, Keith uh, Wilson or Owen Wilson. Wilson brothers, actually, yeah. were both in there. All right. So back to the point. Back uh,
0: to the point. Devin,
2: Don't blame the kids for the divorce. Yeah. It's like blaming a child for a divorce. Devin Booker has had four head coaches in four years, two general managers, and outside of. Uh, what three quarters of a season, a, a season, full season with Eric Bledsoe? He's had G League level point guards, right? Plus uh, a large amount of injuries that he's dealt with. But all of this is Devin Booker's fault somehow. How I don't, I don't understand how that can be the case. And he's playing for what has been over the last four years the most dysfunctional franchise in the NBA. And you can, you can try to argue me on that point. You can say the Knicks, this or that. No, it's been the Suns. There's not been more dysfunction in an organization over the last four years than the Phoenix Suns. But Devin Booker is supposed to be able to overcome all that and, and and take a roster that is nobody would think is is that good. Nobody would likely think is playoff worthy. That has not had any veterans that are that are you know quote unquote veterans that are that are in their prime it's been guys at the end of their career or rookies or, or second, third year players, right. Uh, for, for a majority of what he's had. And when you look at it this year, when he was playing alongside guys that were in those mid twenties that are, that are pretty good NBA players and Tyler Johnson and Kelly Oubre. Hey, guess what? They want to, but they went on a run there, but it's still all Devin
1: Booker's fault. So Devin Booker's supposed to fix all this. Dave, had done uh some research that i want to he put a lot of work into this so i want to get to that um so devin booker among top five fourth year scoring guards of all time he is in the company of kobe bryant in his fourth year 22.5 points james harden 25.9 Dwayne wade 27.8 devin booker 26.5 and Allen iverson 28.4 that's what those guards did in their fourth years but dave put a lot of work um, comparing some uh, really high-level um, uh, NBA talent and what they were able to do uh, on their teams, whether or not those teams converted over to winning records and that kind of thing. Uh, Dave, you want to take it?
0: Sure. Uh, so I put a question out on Twitter yesterday, so people could help me start my research. I, I wanted to take a look at uh, for the just because there is a running argument that, and it's got a lot of merit that Devin Booker can't win and a guy his, that as good as Devin Booker shouldn't be on a team this bad. That a guy as good as Devin Booker, if as we think Devin Booker is, which is a starter on a playoff caliber team, if not a um, a, a deep playoff team. Um, is there any precedent in history to where a guy at that that caliber of player has been on such a bad team for so many years in a row? So I did some research. I asked... I asked folks on Twitter, uh, you guys are awesome. Thank you so much for your responses. I got about 30 responses of players who have done more uh than that with less or the same as Booker. Be, so, as proof that Booker should be doing more with this team, because Booker really hasn't carried this team to any wins. Let's be straight about that. Devin Booker has not carried this team to a series of wins over a course of a of a few weeks or anything like that. He's sure he's had some game winners. He's had some very good gains, but he hasn't. He hasn't himself grabbed everybody and dragged them along and and put wins on the on the scoreboard. If it if it was any more than the last second shot, he's he's had about half a dozen of those. So, have there been other stars who've done it? Um, and there were a lot of great names thrown out. So here's some of the research I did. And what I did is I looked at 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 just first of all, I I, fo- I focused most of my effort on guys who were in their first four years in the league. So some of these great stars in their first four years, because you have to give some credence to the fact that Devin Booker has not been on a winning team. So he doesn't know what a winning team looks like and he's young. um, He's very early in his career. So to compare him to a mid career Kobe Bryant, who carried um, the, the uh, bad Lakers team after having won a few championships, you can't do that. You can't compare Devin Booker to um, uh, uh, Dominique Wilkins. You cannot, because Dominique Wilkins was carrying bad teams in the middle of his career. Kevin Garnett always had better players or just as good of players around him when he was young in his career. And then he just carried teams when he was in the middle of his career. So you really can't. James Harden, even, his fourth year, people saying he had a bad um, uh, team around him when they won 45 games his first year in Houston. Yeah, but he knew what winning looked like from coming from Oklahoma, and he had a a functional coach and a a roster of mid-career veterans around him, where he was the only really young guy. Him and Chandler Parsons were the only really young guys, so I I think you cannot compare Devin Booker to a mid-career guy who carried a team to a few more wins, like in the 30s or 40s, than, than Booker's done, so... Having said that, and that's my qualifier. My qualifier is I'm only looking at early career guys. And and feel free, uh, Tim and Greg, to jump in at any point because I shared this work with you if you want to have a different take on these situations or just want to add feedback. I don't need to be the only one talking here. I'm going to add feedback um,
1: on the Kevin Love when you get there because I was a big fan of the Timberwolves <clears> during <throat> that run, so I want to add some context to it.
0: Absolutely. So I, could, I think I'm just going to start top-down and um, – uh, go through each of my situations. So uh, uh, several fans put out Allen Iverson as a good example of a young guard who carried a terrible team to a better record. Um, and, and that's absolutely true. Um, Allen Iverson in his first three years in the league, his first year, he went 22 and 60 as a, as a rookie. The guys around him were 22 year old Jerry Stackhouse, 29 year old Derek Coleman, and twenty-six-year-old Clarence Weatherspoon with a coach in Johnny Davis. And they won twenty-two games, comparable which, to Devin Booker.
2: Which Stackhouse, Coleman, and Weatherspoon are, are more t- more uh more experienced talent than Devin Booker's ever had in the, in on his roster, you
0: know. So so there's that's a good point. But Allen Iverson was only a rookie, so he wasn't really making a difference on wins as a rookie. You really can't do that. That's his true. next year he went 31 and 51. And but his coach was Larry Brown one of the mo- best coaches in the history of the NBA, and still had Jerry Stackhouse and Derek Coleman around him for a second year in a row? Plus, they added Jim, Jack- Jim Jackson and one of the best defensive players in in the league throughout his career, Theo Ratliff. Um, and the only reason they only won thirty one games is that most of those top players uh, were injured a lot that season, and or and or they were traded for each other. But they only played between twenty and and sixty games a piece around Allen Iverson. So they only won thirty-one games. Then they started making the playoffs. Um, there was they were twenty-eight and twenty-two in, in nineteen ninety-eight during that strike year. And then they um, started winning fifty games after that. So Allen Iverson had the benefit of a Hall of Fame coach, a really good defense around him, and a team that was built to win with him as the as the head of that snake. Any questions? Anyone think Devin Booker should have done as much as Allen Iverson and getting his team to the playoffs.
1: No, keep going.
3: Okay.
0: Elton brand is another case. Elton brand was a guy who was on, on a lot of levels. um, Not so different from Devin Booker because he put up 20 and tens right away. And he he was on losing teams. And in fact, he got traded in this before his third year because um, uh, the uh, bulls didn't think he was the, he was the cornerstone that they wanted for the rest of, his career they won 17 games his first year and 15 games his second year um, as he was growing into a number one option uh, 20 and 10 but again people thought that was a little empty because he didn't play much defense he was earthbound and all that Um, but even then he had guys like tony kukoc uh, late career tony kukoc after his bulls championships um, uh, ron mercer Uh, Ron Artest, Metta World Peace, later later named as, uh, for you youngins who might not remember there being a Ron Artest. Um, And and so they really struggled, and they actually traded Elton Brand to the Clippers, who then, Elton Brand had an okay um, debut season, but then they dropped right back down to 27 and 55. And Elton Brand, for the rest of his career, was considered a nice secondary tertiary option on a team, even though he put up 20s and 10s, uh, because he just wasn't a difference maker. Um, so who, what, how, how similar do you guys think Elton brand is to Devin Booker's career?
2: I, I don't know. I mean, I honest. you want to be honest. I think Aiton might be closer to Elton brand than, uh, <clears throat> than, than Booker in the long run, a guy that puts up double doubles, but is, uh, is a third option. And, uh, I, I think Aiton might be closer to brand than, than Booker ever will be okay
0: all right so then yeah that's a good point so i i but elton that's another case where a guy just because he was putting up all those points if you don't put players around him and you don't put a good coach whose coach was tim floyd until he finally got Alvin gentry uh leading him uh if you don't put a good coach with him in a good system you're not going to win games
2: well and he that's was in two, two dysfunctional situations and in and the bulls will was there and then the Clippers as well. So right. it's all about it, it, in large part about the situation you find yourself in too.
0: I got a bunch of responses to uh, compare Devin Booker to LeBron James. I don't think that's fair at all. LeBron James is one of the greatest players in the history of the NBA. I will concede that Devin Booker is not going to have LeBron James's career. How about you guys?
1: <laughs> yeah. In
2: a heartbeat, I'll
0: concede that.
1: Yeah. It's like, He's not Michael Jordan, you know. <laughs> okay.
0: Who's another one I actually did the research on? Michael Jordan. Um and I will concede that Michael Jordan did more with about the same level of talent if not um but he still had players around him and he had a good coach his second and third his third and fourth years in Doug Collins. We
1: we will concede uh, but, Devin Booker is not LeBron James or Michael Jordan. Yes. Okay, yeah.
0: so we'll we'll all concede that, right? Okay. how about let's let's compare him now to Anthony Davis's early career. And first of all, before we even go any further, I don't think Devin Booker's as good as Anthony Davis. What about you guys?
2: No, he he might be able to work his way into the same level if you're putting guys in levels. But he's not he's not going to be Anthony Davis uh, either. Anthony Davis is arguably one of the top five players in the league. And Devin Booker can be a top 15 player. But
0: Anthony Davis had more help and better coaches around him than Devin Booker has had. So I already concede that Davis is a better player. I'm not trying to say Devin Booker is as good, but Davis barely did better. Barely his win totals. And with the Pelicans, 27, 34, 45, then 30, then 34, then 48, then 32. It's been a terrible career. And that's why Anthony Davis is insisting on being traded because they've had 7 years to put teams around him that can win consistently and they haven't uh, what the pelicans have done is they've 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 cashed in they've they've paid restricted free agents who are early in their primes tried to help the help, help them grow around anthony davis and help carry anthony davis to more wins and it's worked marginally in that they're better than 20 year olds uh, as far as uh, contributing to winning guys like eric gordon, ryan anderson, tyreek evans drew holiday who by the way is an all-star and an all-nba defender when he's healthy um you've got you they have had better top-end talent around anthony davis than devin booker's ever had
2: and he's had two head coaches and one general manager in those seven years so a gm that could have one consistent plan two head coaches both of which are well-respected around the league, that that had systems when they came in. Devin Booker has not aff- been afforded that luxury at all.
1: And even with a player that is better than Devin Booker, with better talent around him, uh, if I remember correctly, he was only able to get that Pelicans team into the playoffs, what, once or twice? If, and if it was twice, I think— Yeah, was- they only did
0: it the— Two yeah.
1: times and one of them maybe I'm, once actually.
0: I don't think they made it when they were forty five. Shoot, I didn't look that up. Sorry, okay, guys. So
1: so if it was when if they did get in twice, um, and I do think that yeah they got in twice. Uh, one year it was uh, trying to remember the context around it. There was an injury from another team, um, like a, a major injury on another team. They ended up sliding into the eighth spot. Yeah, they snuck in. Yeah, they snuck yep. in. Um, I and, remember. Now. And then he did get the team uh, one more year into. Uh, the playoffs and that was the team with Rondo that was when Tyreek Evans was having a career year that was when they had Miritich yada 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 and they did uh, sweep the Portland Trailblazers but even after all that with you know a top three talent in the NBA arguably with better players around him he could still only do it twice and one of those times was pretty much sheer luck
0: right so he was saddled with a dysfunctional franchise and not enough star players around him to, to win in the Western conference. This is the current, this is the modern day Western conference. Some of these other players uh, like a Dominique Wilkins and guys like that, they were playing in, in a different era, a different era where there weren't um, open tankings and the, and and teams were fairly consistent year over year, over year on the rosters and things like that. The talent
1: level Um, was spaced a little bit better. You didn't have teams like the warriors with three or four all-stars. A lot of teams had one guy.
0: Right. So, uh, while the East had been back in the day was the tougher conference, it it was, a, it was, yes, it wasn't quite the, it, it, we didn't have the three, the three stars on a team and, and running roughshod through well, the conferences the, and stuff.
2: The tanking is a great point though. Everybody looks at this cumulative record and just goes, well, Devin Booker just has been a part of some of the worst teams we've ever seen without taking into the context that, for one of these se- seasons, the Suns legitimately shut down everybody. Like just went, yeah, we're it, it's, it's right. February. We're just gonna shut everybody down. That team probably could have gotten a thirty stratosphere of wins. That's not great, but it's a lot better than in in the nineteen and twenty twenty five wins that that this team's well, been around.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> so let's go to some uh,
2: go what I would low?
0: consider comparable stars on bad teams. um, uh, Not, not even quite as successful as Anthony Davis, who has been so unsuccessful. He now wants out of new Orleans. So you've got a Kevin love. Okay. So Kevin love came in and he was immediately, excuse me, another 20 and 10. Hold on guys. Dave's dying. We apologize. Yeah. Sorry. I'm doing too much talking. Maybe. Um, So Kevin love came in and was immediately a 20 and 10 player. And the advanced stats nerds loved him because he was also a good high post passer and his, his rebounding numbers and all that. He, he did all the things that actually go into those counting stats, like the BPMs and the RIPMs and all those things, uh, or PIPMs. I mean, and, and all those things that actually um, that the stats nerds love. And I used to be a stats nerd. So I don't, I don't dislike you guys for sure. And I've gotten a whole it background. So I love that. But in the NBA, Sometimes there's guys who just fill up the right stats to look good on the stats sheets and some guys who don't, but they're still a great player. Kevin Love was, was treated as a star with the Wolves. What were his win totals his first four years? 24 wins as a rookie where he wasn't even, uh, he was like third or fourth on the team in scoring. Then 15 wins, then 17 wins. Then finally up to 26 wins when he got a good coach and Rick Edelman. And he got um, Nikola Pekovic, who actually at the time was a was a difference maker at center. Luke Ridnauer, who was a mid-career point guard, who actually could run the show a little bit. Uh, and then you've got J.J. Barea coming off the bench, who we all know, I don't know if uh, casual fans know this, but J.J. Barea has always been a difference maker to winning teams. He actually helped um, uh, a lot of teams win a lot of games, including this current year, Dallas Mavericks team when Luka Doncic was getting credit for a lot of Dallas wins early in the year, it was actually JJ Barea who was about one of the best guys coming off the bench this past year in his late thirties now. And now since JJ Barea went down with an injury for the season, the Mavs have lost almost every game since. Um, So there are guys who contribute to winning. And so they only won 26 out of 40 and then 31 out of uh, 26 out of, sorry, 26 and 40 when they went in that strike shortened season, then 31 and 51, and then 40 and 42, and then finally traded Kevin Love in the in the big LeBron James summer. Um, so Kevin Love is a good example of a star on a really bad team. 24, 15, 17, and 26 wins in a, in a four-year stretch when his best um, teammates were Al Jefferson, Michael Beasley, and Nikola Pekovic. And you know what? Kevin Love couldn't lead them to wins. And then he ended up being a third best player on a three-time finals team.
1: Uh, context around the two right seasons back. in which he was uh, 31 and 51 and then 40 and 42 in your point. Um, uh, Pekovic was an amazing, uh, sen- well, not an amazing center. Let me let me tone that down. He was a difference-making center who was really, really good before he suffered some injuries and eventually had to retire. Uh, and that's what happened with, uh, with Pekovic right there. Uh, Kevin Martin, Um, He was a a 20-point-a-night efficient shooting guard. Uh, Ricky Rubio coming into his own in that. Uh, Tier point, uh, J.J. Barea, Budinger, who was a little bit better. The issue with those teams was the on-off numbers between the starters and the benches, uh, specifically in that last season uh, where they went around 500. And it wasn't Kevin Love. It was every time they brought the bench in, they shit the tank. Uh, And that's why there weren't more wins. But even tier point, Dave, uh, with really good players around him, good players in the starting unit and a terrible bench, he could still hardly get up to uh, a 500 record.
2: Look, Kevin, Kevin Love is is a great uh, comparison here. He had five coaches in his first four years. He had a general manager. That uh, that made some questionable decisions and questionable as being kind to Con, but uh, that that whiffed oh, on Yeah, David
0: Khan. yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> he could have had Steph Curry with him, and instead he got what Flynn and Rubio. Like there's 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 a lot of comparisons in his, to in his 15 the situation. Win
0: season. His uh, the the third leading scorer on the team was Johnny Flynn with 13 and a half, and then the next year Johnny
2: Flynn was at the end of their bench. And, I mean, if you look at it, I'd be perfectly fine with Devin Booker having a Kevin Love-type career without the trading him so he can actually go be on a winner a
0: winner. As soon as it. he was put around winners, he wasn't he, – uh, look, Kevin Love didn't turn out to be All-NBA on an NBA Finals team for sure, but – Um, Some of that was due to injuries that he was suffering in his Cavaliers years, and some of that was due to LeBron James and him taking up a lot of the same space on the floor, and so they weren't utilizing him as very best they possibly could. But still, Kevin Lund was the third best player on a three-time NBA Finals team, and that is the low point, basically, of his star career.
2: Yeah, but... You know, everybody thinks Devin Booker sucks, so. <laughs>
0: yeah, so, okay, so now let's go to another good comp, actually, uh, throughout history to the dysfunction that Devin Booker has, has been suffering with and what it could do to somebody's career long-term. How many of you remember Anton Jamison as one of the best scorers in the game? Right, so that's the problem, is Anton Jamison was a t- – a twenty to twenty-two to twenty-six point scorer in his his early years with the Golden State Warriors when Dave uh, uh, Chris Cohen was the was the owner, um, and I remember Golden State of Mind, especially the um, uh, uh, those guys uh, it, when he was still the owner, even even later and all the way up until the Steph Curry years, um, they just hated that guy, and he he always created dysfunctional teams. So let's take a look at Anton Jamison's early career. I'm not going to count his rookie year because he was like Devin Booker, uh, barely coming off the bench and then finally got a starring role toward the end of the year. So uh, that first year doesn't really count as far as did that player impact the win total. OK, um, Anton Jamison, year two, 19 wins this coach. PJ Carlissimo got fired mid-season. Gary St. Jean, their general manager, took over the team. Um, the other leading scorers on the team were 21-year-old Larry Hughes, 32-year-old Mookie Blaylock. At least they had a point guard. 30-year-old Chris Mills. At least they had a mid-career kind of guy um, who could who could score in the lineup. Although he was one-dimensional, um, but they had a lot of injuries that year, and they won only 19 games. Carlissimo was fired. The next year they came in with, they won 17 games with Dave Cowens as the coach, who only coached them for one year with Danny Fortson and Larry Hughes as, as Anton Jamison's other um, henchmen, basically scoring wise. And they had a lot of injuries as well in trades and then 21 wins Cowens got fired mid season replaced by Brian Winters. Uh, That was when Jason Richardson came on the scene and Larry Hughes was still around with Fortson as well. And then Gilbert arenas became um, the pre Gilbert arenas arenas rule guy, where he was a second round pick who suddenly turned into a star. And then finally um, they won 38 games in Anton Jamison's fifth year with Eric Musselman as their coach who could, who could coach them how to play at least respectable defense and Gilbert arenas blossoming into the Gilbert arenas rule kind of guy. Um, So when Anton Jamison got better players around him, um, he had better results on the court when he had awful 20-year-old players around him or at least non-winning 20-year-old players around him. He couldn't win games. So that's actually really comparable to Devin Booker's early career. What do you guys think?
2: Well, you want to know the difference between Anton Jameson and Devin Booker. Anton yes. Jameson, in those four years, he was 23, <laughs> 24, 25, and 26. All right? He was older. Devin, Devin Booker is doing this and he's 22 right now,
0: right? He started as the as youngest the player in the league. Like Ben Goliver saying, God, he's been in the league for years now. He shouldn't be yeah, doing the same one. He's still he's, just 22. He's younger than Anton Jamison ever was
2: in the NBA. He has not, he has not hit the age that, Anton Jamison started in this comparison. So that's the difference here to me is he's doing this at an extremely young age. He's gotten better every year for the most part. He's he's expanded his game in different ways. I mean, people are ignoring the fact that and I get it. He's been used more as a point guard this year, but his assist are are way up this year too. He looks good. Uh, in that rule, in in distributing some as well, which is which is a convenient thing to forget in in all this as well, while claiming he's just a scorer.
1: Uh, over his last eleven games, Devin Booker thirty five points, five assists, uh, seven rebounds. Actually, I think I have that backwards. Uh, thirty five, seven, and five with one point two steals on. from three, 87% from the line, giving him a true shooting of 61.5% and 54% effective field goal percentage. Uh, Coming up on the end of the episode, you guys happen to want to end with Kelly Oubre trademarking Valley Boys or Jimmer for debt getting benched at his first son's home game, which I'm assuming is because... I want to talk about Kelly Oubre. Speed
2: round. Let's do both.
0: Okay, (laughs) you can do both. Quick takes. Um, yeah. So uh, I think Kelly Oubre, I loved it. He had a press conference this week and there's a requirement in uh, NBA contracts that you have to meet with the media within a week of a, of a serious injury. So he had to hit that deadline. Um, so he, he decided to, the team decided to have him do a press conference on the night his former team was in town. So the room was full of beat writers from Washington as well as, as uh, uh, from his early days with the Wizards, as well as the Suns beat writers as well. Um, And it was a fun press conference. Uh, he, He showed a lot of love for the old Wizards fans. He showed even more love for the Suns franchise and the chance he got in Phoenix to expand his game and play the way he knows how to play best. He really loves being with the Suns. And he talked several times about next year, next year, next year. He does not want to go anywhere, and I really hope he doesn't go anywhere because he is a spirit uh, that this team needs, that, that he connected with Booker, he connected with Aiden, he connected with Josh Jackson. Those guys really feel good about each other, and he talked about that. He said, I feel right on this team.
2: And you got to love that. And the fact that he trademarked Valley Boys means that he is kind of invested in, it, and he's a smart businessman, which I like as well. He's <laughs> He's thinking larger picture with it. Uh, as well, he, he's the kind of guy that you want to build around. and it's refreshing to hear a guy that wants to be here long term and that that is making uh, helping make fun nicknames with these guys that there's a commitment with what he's doing. I applaud that and I applaud uh, the way that that he discussed with with the media as well. I mean, it, he could have come in and just done the yeah, yeah, okay, I'll answer a few questions about the injury. But he's not that kind of guy. And that's what you like about Kelly Ubrey And uh, the only thing that upsets me about the whole situation is now that it's trademarked, we can't get in on some of that sweet, sweet Valley boys merchandise and steal some money off that. <laughs>
0: he is trying, he is working on the trademarks for it uh until they come out. He's probably also working on making sure he has a contract because you don't want to spend a lot of money putting out some merchandise and then you're not on the team anymore. So you probably we probably won't see the Valley Boys stuff until July. Um but it'll be all ready to go and it'll be all be trademarked and, and Kelly Ubre is going to make a little bit of side cash on that.
2: Kelly if you need somebody to help you uh, sell that gear we're here to help. We have we connect with fifty or sixty Suns fans every week and we're happy to, to try to get two or three sales for your Valley Boys merchandise. We're here for you. Can we can we talk Jimmer now for a second please? Uh, how ridiculous! Of course he was benched. He deserved to be benched. You know, I, I'm glad Igor didn't give in to the "we have to play Jimmer Fredette because he's going to draw a crowd" and instead said, "Screw you for taking ten shots and going one for ten and and not letting Devin Booker shoot at the end of that game when he could have could have had sixty-five, seventy points again." Damn Jimmer Fredette. <laughs>
0: I want to make one more parting comment about Ben Golliver's um, rant, his little uh, diatribe, his little vomit of the mouth. Um Ben Golliver actually, in that in that rant, in the middle of that rant, somehow found a way to make it seem like the Suns had ruined Earl Watson's career.
3: <laughs> don't Earl Watson don't be was no is the is...
0: worst coach the NBA has ever seen. And yet somehow Ben Golliver is saying, don't let to Igor, don't let the Suns ruin your career like they did to Earl Watson. It and when he talked son. about uh, Booker playing for Watson, he said, and Watson isn't the longest tenured coach in the
2: NBA. I don't know what Ben Gulliver was smoking. Well, it wasn't he wasn't even blaming the Suns. He was saying, don't let Devin Booker turn you into Earl Watson. Right. As if Devin Booker was the reason that Earl Watson was crappy at coaching. Maybe it was the fact that he was not—he had no experience and he just basically stole a job out from under Jeff Hornacek and, and was put there to do that. Okay, like, if
1: you had to pick a coach, would you rather have Lindsey Hunter or Earl Watson?
2: I'd rather get kicked in the nuts by an elephant than have either of those guys as my head coach.
1: Ooh. Oh, okay,
0: okay, no, no, Earl, Earl, I would take Earl for sure because at least he didn't piss everybody off like all the players. Yeah, and but stuff you, do too. you
1: remember his his post conference, uh, uh, his his post game conferences where he'd just be talking about uh, the players loving each other? It was I like also remember what warning. he would
0: do uh, when he when he started losing a lot is Earl Watson would actually get combative in post game conferences and the. Um, the, the Suns employees and media and I still laugh about the fact that one time I asked Earl after a loss to the Jazz and I, I was giving him an opportunity because Earl had been with the Jazz in the past. And so, you know, dude so had some kind of connection still. I was giving Earl an opportunity to say some positive things about Joe Ingalls. And I said what I thought a fa- fairly obvious question I asked. I said, Joe Ingles doesn't look the part of an NBA superstar, but against the Suns, he's been playing like one. He's been playing great. Um, what what can you say about or Joe Ingles' impact on the game? And Earl goes, what do you mean he doesn't look like an NBA superstar? And just stared me down. And everybody got really uncomfortable because he was trying to make it a racist thing. He was trying to make it like I'm saying, just because he's a white guy, he can't play basketball. And I said, no, no. He just doesn't jump as high as some of the NBA stars. He doesn't move as fast as some of the NBA stars. He doesn't have all that innate um, athleticism. What he does have is he has skills. He has he knows how to play the game. And Earl just goes, yeah. He, what does what does that even mean? Doesn't look the part. Doesn't even look you know physically. Doesn't look the part. And he just it was the most uncomfortable press conference to where even years later we're all still laughing about it.
2: Look and. The thing with Earl Watson, really nice guy, and I, but I actually, even though I wouldn't want him as my coach, he still got screwed in the son situation. The way it went down, the way he the the exit and how that happened, and maybe someday I'll I'll get into that further. But that was a it, it, they did him, they even did him dirty. No matter what what you thought of him as a coach, so dysfunction all around for everybody. You get some dysfunction, and you get some dysfunction, <laughs> and you get some dysfunction.
1: All right, guys. Well, it was fun. Uh, I did enjoy the episode last week uh, as well. By the way, it was kind of cool because I got to just listen as a listener instead of having to be the person that's editing it. Shout out to to Dave for sending me the audio to uh, to edit at nine thirty at night on a Sunday. <laughs> <Yeah>. Super. <laughs> Sorry
2: cool. about that, man. Yeah. Hey. Hey, where's your dedication? You don't even show up for the episode and then you decide, hey, I'm not gonna edit this shit till Tuesday. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: super conv- when I got you know what I actually thought happened was I, I put was like myself
2: oh. under the bus, but Tim,
0: you're under there with me. they man, I was
1: bit. like, man, they they gave me the week off from editing too. That was so nice of them to do that for me. Greg just sat there. He edited the episode so I didn't have to and gave me a week off. I really appreciated it. And then I saw the audio come through at nine thirty at night on on a Sunday, and I was like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. <laughs> that was Dave. That was not me. I had nothing was, to do with I know because
0: Frank didn't do a damn thing. That's what. Don't even blame. That was I, Dave, not me. You're right because you didn't do anything.
2: I showed up and I dressed like Jonah Hill, and that's all you're gonna get out of me. And that's when I'm talent. repaying a bet for you.
1: What? Uh, what did I happen to Justin anyway? To why why didn't anything? he show up? He, he uh needed to wear some pink curtains, I believe
0: yeah I know I never got back to Justin um, I, I just we, uh, we had a lot to talk about with the Ben Golliver thing so I decided we'd focus on that just the three of us and then uh, Eric uh, excuse me um, uh, Devin Booker's 250 point games this week so next week uh, hopefully we'll bring Justin on and he'll pay off his part of the bet where the Suns actually won more games than he thought they would the rest of the year and he's just going to be um, showing off his pink curtains on his bod uh,
1: fun stuff all right guys well we will talk to you next week You just got done listening to the solar panel. For more great Suns content, check out the Timeline podcast for stuff like this. There's no way that Hakeem Olajuwon makes his own pancakes. (laughs) I'm really sorry that you just made a great coherent point and that's all I had to respond with, but all it did (laughs) was lead me to look up the fact that Hakeem Olajuwon made $110 million in his NBA career, and God knows how much since then. He easily has someone at his ranch to make his pancakes,
3: right? That's The Timeline, a Phoenix Suns podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play.